McLean Middleton Minutes, a podcast dedicated to business, legal, and community news in New Hampshire and Massachusetts. You'll hear about all things legal and how they affect business. You'll also hear from local business and community leaders sharing stories of their success. In law and business, good things often take time. So, without a minute to spare, let's get started with McLean Middleton Minutes. Thank you for joining us for McLean Middleton Minutes. What's her story? I'm attorney Linda Johnson. And I'm attorney Jennifer Parent. Today's guest is Joyce Cummings, a philanthropist and co-founder of the Cummings Foundation with her husband, Bill. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I have to say, I am so delighted that you could join us to talk about your journey in life to become someone who is so impacting the world, whether it's the greater Boston area, all the way around the world to Rwanda, Africa. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, I'm curious to know how you came to Boston, because I understand you're not from this area. Can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you came to make your home in the Boston area? Sure. Actually, I was born in New Jersey and my dad had a position with an international company. And back in those days, when you got promoted, you moved. And so we moved quite a bit when I was very young. The two places that I remember were St. Louis, and that's where I learned to enjoy baseball with the the Cardinals. And then from there, we went to Alabama. And that was where I did most of my growing up um, and and stayed there through college. Went to the University of Alabama and uh, put out a little roll tide there, although they're struggling a little bit this year. And um, my field of interest was food and nutrition. I had always been very interested in that and thought I might want to get involved in experimental cookery. But between my junior and senior year in college, I did an internship at Walter Reed Army Hospital and became very interested in hospital dietetics. So my sojourn to Boston, which I thought was going to be for one year back in the fall of 1962, I did an internship at Mass General Hospital. So that's how I landed in Boston, and I have have no regrets. Decided to stay, so I have to ask you, so are you a Red Sox fan now, or is it still? (laughs) I am a Red Sox fan, uh, but I also root for the Cardinals, except a few years back when it was the Cardinals and the Red Sox in the World Series. That, That was an interesting time. My brother lived in California, and he was still rooting for the Cardinals, so we had a little cross country bet. It reminds me when I was in high school, I, I dated a boy who was from another school, our rival school in the city, and the, my school and his school was in the state finals for basketball. And when mm-hmm. he made a basket, I jumped and my cheerleading coach was going to bench me. She goes, you can't jump for the other team, Linda. <laughs> but sometimes you can have two right. alliances. Sometimes you, know? you do. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to also talk a bit about Cummings Foundation Uh, just a remarkable organization that you and Bill, I know, founded back in 1986. And I want to point out, I I love when the circles of our lives come together. So um, McLean Middleton is actually one of the Cummings Foundation properties uh, tenants in in Woburn, and you're just a wonderful landlord there. And I also had the honor of serving on the grants committee for three years. One of the programs uh, that the foundation does is to give away $25 $25 million each and every year uh, to local nonprofits. 
So um, what propelled you and Bill to start the, the Cummings Foundation? All right, it's, it started very slowly as we were accumulating wealth, I guess is the way I would put it. We had more than we needed and we had more than our children needed. And we just felt that we wanted to do something to give it away, that that was the right thing to do. We didn't need any more than we had. So it, it did start slowly of giving really just to fairly local, small, not-for-profit entities. And of course, has, has grown enormously over the years. And Linda, we appreciate your and, and all of the other volunteers. We have over 100 volunteers that are working with the, the foundation now. It has grown so much even since you were there. Uh, originally, it was $100,000 for 100 not-for-profit entities, but now it is far more than that. It, it, it's doubled and we have expanded in, in other ways. So we just saw a need and, and tried to fulfill it. Pretty amazing. And I, I read that in the earlier days, you first pledged to give 10% of your assets to charities. And do I understand correctly, it's now up to 90%? Well, uh, through the giving pledge, you pledge that you will give away 50%. And, but we were really already giving away about 90%, yes. Pretty amazing. It's amazing. And Joyce, it's it's an honor talking to you. So thank you com for coming on our podcast uh, to just share your story with us and our listeners. You're, you were talking about the Cummings Foundation and you said, you know, you saw a need and you just, you did something about that. Uh, and I just find that just an amazing character trait uh, of you because a lot of people see things and don't do anything about it. Uh, so thank you uh, for what you do. Uh, and you also found New Horizons, which is an, an assisted and independent living community. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about how that came about, how you got involved uh, with uh, New Horizons. All right. That's, that, that's a good story. I'm glad you asked me that question. When Bill and I were newly married and didn't have anything more than small amounts that we could give to church and local organizations. We realized, all four of our parents were alive. My parents were still in Alabama and his parents were down the road from us in uh, Medford and then moved to Woburn. But there were no assisted living, no retirement communities in the New England area or, or very, very few. And if and when his parents needed some assistance, the only place available were nursing centers. And my parents, on the other hand, living in the South, the churches in the South had numerous retirement communities and assisted living facilities. And indeed that's where my parents ended up going when they could no longer take care of their house and the lawn and, and everything. And, and so we very early on in our marriage said, if we ever have the means, that's what we wanna do. And so we batted things around for a few years here and there. And then as it happens, my mother died rather suddenly in 1989. And I was down there in, no, that was in October. And I was down in Alabama doing some things with my dad, getting him resettled in November and staying with a girlfriend. And Bill called me about seven o'clock one night. And he said, well, guess what I did today? And then he said, no, 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 guess what we did today? 
And I said, well, I know what I did today. What did you do today? And he says, I bought a hospital. And it was Choate Memorial Hospital that had closed in Woburn. And there you go, that was it. It was opened, the first resident moved in the next August. So Cummings do things quickly. Cummings Properties does things very quickly. And uh, it's just been thriving ever since. And then the facility became available in Marlboro. So there's a much larger campus there. And it's just been wonderful. They're both not-for-profit and they, they're wonderful. We rarely hear any complaints from anyone at either of the New Horizons. They're all just thrilled to be there. Well, Joyce, you said Cummings Properties does things quickly, but they also do things really well because those facilities have won awards and are, are recognized nationally as places that, you know, seniors want to live, both assisted and independent living. So mm -hmm. uh, quickly and well is how you do things. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, maybe you can tell our listeners, what are some other charitable organizations or projects that you're involved with, either through the foundation or otherwise? We have some very exciting programs happening through um, affiliated colleges. We now have seven colleges that we are supporting in a variety of ways. Most recently, just this week, we had a dedication of uh, the McEwen School of Education at Salem State. Jamie McEwen being um, a former president who died suddenly at the age of 40. And he went to Salem State, thought he was going to be a teacher, but ended up as president of Cummings Properties. The latest of these affiliations is really due to the sudden and untimely death of Dr. Paul Farmer, who was a graduate of Harvard and founder of UGHE, University of Global Health Equity in Rwanda. And we're very excited to be able to support that. And uh, we know that there will be a very important interaction between Harvard and UGHE, both with students and faculty. That's another area, I, 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 you know this, and for our listeners, that my daughter Katie was the first director of operations for a UGHE in Rwanda. And you and Bill graciously took the two of us out to dinner. I had wanted her to meet someone like you and Bill and, and understand the importance of philanthropy in a person's life and how it can build through, through your lifetime. And when I visited Katie, I saw that there was like a Cummings Way. One of the walkways at the university is named after the two of you. And I got a kick out of that one, seeing that. Um, but just tremendous that you were able to, uh, like you said, Jennifer said, do something. You saw a need, you know, from the horrific genocide that really took away many of the doctors and nurses in creating an international university to rebuild that expertise so that the country has its own doctors and nurses. And uh, we know that it's running full force and training people and making a huge difference mm -hmm. for you know, some of the poorest uh, uh, people in the world uh, so that they improve their, their healthcare. So that's just amazing work. Yeah. And the way actually how, how that came to be was we were supporting students really providing um, transportation for tough students to do a, a brief fellowship program at a school, Agahojo Shalom Youth Village, which was founded to educate high school students of, of the genocide. After they would come back from their time at ASYV, we would get these wonderful thank you notes 
And one day I was in the kitchen reading thank you notes. And all of a sudden I just ran down the hall to Bill's home office. And I said, I want to go. We want to go. We have to go to Rwanda and see this wonderful village. So we did. And uh, very good friends of ours, Dr. Uh, Skip Fuller and Alice, went with us. Skip was interested in seeing some of the programs that were happening through uh, Partners in Health. And although Bill and I had met Paul Farmer previous to that, that was when we really got to know him. And he just inspired us to get involved in not just the school, but the medical side of Rwanda. And we fell in love with the country and with the people there. And it's a very nice way to, to meet and, and get involved with. Well, there's a magnificent yeah. campus that's training the leaders of the future. So yeah, Good it is. Know. It really is gorgeous. Joyce, you're such an amazing mentor in this area. <laughs> did you did you have any mentors that you lucked up to or that you emulated in in this giving back and charitable and nonprofit work? I thought about that quite a bit. Really, what it comes down to is was my childhood. My parents, although not wealthy, they were involved very much with church, but then also with through well, the March of Dimes, and I would help them. <clears throat> with those type of campaigns. I also was very involved in my church. I was very involved with Girl Scouts. And so it just kind of came naturally as I became older and into young adulthood to continue those things. And then meeting Paul Farmer, that was just such an inspiration. I mean, how could you not feel compelled to do anything you possibly could to help the good works that he's involved with? Now, I know we're going to talk to you a little bit about the uh, Joyce Cummings Center at uh, Tufts University. Talk to us about, because I know there was a story of you having some discomfort in your name (laughs) on the outside of that building. Uh, But talk to us a little bit about those who convinced (laughs) you that this was important and particularly Mm -hmm. being a female leader in this space of philanthropy and, and having a female out in front that w- other women could look up to. You're absolutely right. I was very, very reluctant. I finally just kind of had to give up because I wasn't going to win this battle. Uh, but many of my women friends, social friends, and women on the campus really urged me to go along with it because they were pointing out, and this is so true, that women are very underrepresented on college campuses and especially underrepresented on building names. So they, they really convinced me and they were right. I, I, I understand that. I, I just felt that there were other people that were more deserving of a name on a building than I was. But I do have to say that the building is absolutely beautiful. It's just beautiful. And it houses the School of Engineering and entrepreneurship. There are wonderful facilities, large, medium, small for all types of meetings, very unique little nooks and crannies here and there for students to gather socially and to study. And we're told every time we go over there, we have students coming up to us saying how much they love that building. And and we're told constantly that it's the most uh, utilized building from the students. It's it's just just beautiful. And so I'm very proud to have my name there. (laughs) 
You mentioned earlier about the Giving Pledge, and I think many of our listeners probably are familiar with the Giving Pledge, which was actually started in 2010 by billionaire investor Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and Melinda Crunch Gates of the Microsoft fame, so that since then, many people have signed on to donate 50 or 90% of their assets to charities. And actually, that was something you and Bill had already committed to do. And in 2011, you and Bill became the first Massachusetts couple <laughs> to sign the giving pledge. I read a quote that's attributed to the two of you where you said, we have never particularly liked the expression about giving until it hurts, but mm-hmm. rather we suggest that the better standard might be give until it feels good. Mm-hmm. So why was it so important for the two of you with all the work that you're doing to still sign on to the pledge? We thought it was important for the pledge to make an example for um, nobody knew what we were doing. I mean, we we were very much under the radar and that was fine. We were comfortable with that. We didn't feel that we needed our, our names blazed all over the place. That wasn't that wasn't important to us. But we came to realize and this has happened more and more. In, in fact, very, very recently, we have found if we make a donation to something and it's made public, other people will come up when we were up at Salem State. We were told about a couple that read about something that we had done in the Boston Globe. They just read it in the Globe and they said, oh, yeah, that's a really worthwhile thing and came up with five figure number and has now included Salem State in uh, in their wills. And that was all because they read something that somebody else had done. And that happens over that happens over and over again. So it's it's been good. And we've learned, too. We haven't gone to all of the Giving Pledge meetings, but they're very interesting. I mean, yes, they're fun, but they're they're not social gatherings. We're not swimming laps in the pool and playing tennis and playing golf. It's it's they're working meetings to help each other learn. Yeah, I mean, it's a true example of being a role model in in an, an amazing way. You know, for you to have recognized, you know what, I can take care of ourselves and our family and we're doing okay, but there's a lot of people in the world that are less fortunate that, than, than that to be able to spread that. And even a role model for uh, everyone to say, you know what, I can still contribute to the greater good uh, outside of my world because that is my world. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm sometimes asked to give to my local community and I say, I often say the world is my community. Can I give to a nonprofit in Africa? Because I really think the world is our community and you and, and Bill have certainly embraced that. So what is next for the Cummings Foundation? You have so many things going on, you know, just had a celebration for the expansion of the grant giving locally, you know, what's next? Mm-hmm. For you? Well, uh, I think I sort of spilled the beans on that <laughs> earlier when I was talking about the collaboration between Harvard and UGHE, that, that is still, we're still working on the fine print. And, and there, are, there are new grants that are being created and given out more money. We have more money to give away. So we're giving more money away. Having served on many nonprofit boards, and, and having served on your grants committee, where it's such a huge grant for someone to get, you know, uh, during COVID, the focus on health and food service, food insecurity and, and the needs of the community. I can only imagine, uh, or I probably can't imagine being mm. on a board or being the executive director of a nonprofit, getting the notice that you've been selected for this mm-hmm. grant that's going to help the work that mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, volunteers have had a lot of fun with that. And yeah. Different, different ways of presenting. I know I presented one myself a few years ago, and and it was just 
it was just so exciting to see the expressions on people's faces and they're often speechless. And, and as you know, Linda, we have our uh, gala in June to, to celebrate the 100 for 100, and which has, has grown now, it's 150 and, and with higher amounts of money. But the one that we had this last June was the first one in three years that was in person. And it was an over the top celebration. I mean, people were just, they were, you could feel the electricity in the air. They were so, so excited and feels good. Feels really good. And so Joyce, I, I loved your story that uh, people read in the paper that you had given to a particular uh, nonprofit and then they decided to give. You know, you, you, you hear stories about, you know, a celebrity that talks about a book uh, that she read and all of a sudden it's a, you know, best-selling book. <laughs> uh-huh. So, so you and Bill are like um, nonprofit influencers, uh, as we would say uh, in today's world. In, mm-hmm. in that vein, what advice would you give someone if they were looking to be more involved in philanthropy or charity work or nonprofit work, but they don't know where to start? What would be your advice? Mm-hmm. All right, first of all, if they had any interest in volunteering with Cummings Foundation, that's a very simple process to to look it up online and to see the variety of opportunities and then just to contact uh, Cummings Foundation. If they're looking for something outside, I also think it's very easy to look around the community. As Linda Johnson says, the world is her community. I remember, Linda, you saying that before and I wrote that down. Look around your own hometown. There are, there, have, there are many things in every city and town that, that need help. Find something that you might have a particular interest in. For my own part, this will never happen because we're not gonna become Florida residents. But if I were to become a Florida resident, right down the road from us is a, a Marine Life Center. And I refer to it as the Turtle Hospital. <laughs> and that's where I go. That's where I would put my time and my energy and my money because I just have become in love with these turtles. <laughs> and want to learn more about them. So find something that interests you and go knock on the door. Goodness, not-for-profits are already always looking for help. A local food pantry. I mean, that's, that's the easiest thing in the world to get involved with some way. Thank you, Joy. I think th- those are great starts for people. So thank you. We, we like to end our podcast asking people uh, this question. And so we'll do that with you as well. What would you like our listeners to know about Joyce Cummings? Okay, I ran that question by Bill last night and he was, he was giving me all sorts of things that I just thought were totally inappropriate, <laughs> but we had a good time with it. So I, I have two, one of them is very whimsical. I'm gonna start with a whimsical one. I'm a pie snob. I would not dream of going to a bakery and buying a pie. I must make my own pies because my own pies are better than anybody else's pies. And I make my crust from scratch and the whole thing. So that's it, I'm a pie snob. Now, on a little bit more serious point, I have it on today, obviously your listeners can't see it and it's very tiny, but my brother was a motivational speaker and he used to hand out these little pins, these little stick pins that just say attitude. And I'm not sitting here and saying that I always have an upbeat, good attitude, because that certainly is not true. But I look at that pin and I I wore it for almost every day through the pandemic. What's your attitude gonna be? How are you gonna handle this situation? 
I am also known when I'm giving uh, talks to not be very original. So I love to read and I look up quotes or I'll find quotes or I'm reading things and something will just, and I'll write that down. I'll pull it out and I'll, and I'll write it down. And so I'll, I'll leave you with a couple of those. The ones that I found recently, and actually this was, was first said by a mobster or something. I looked up who he was and I was like, oh, well, what anyway? When we lose our money, we have nothing. When we lose our health, we lose something. When we lose our character, we lose everything. And I thought that that was just wonderful. And I thought that it really described all the nonprofits. But then of course, this, is, this has been around a long time, but it's still my favorite one, Be the Change You Wish to See in the World by Gandhi. And that's what I like to think that Cummings Foundation is about, the change that we want to see in the world. I, I think Linda will tell you, we're all quote people. <laughs> Linda and I love to quote people uh, as well. So that's, <laughs> that's really, I think my jaw dropped when you said that, because I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> Jennifer always does her talks with a quote. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I figure if I can use somebody else's quotes, then, you know, that, that'll leave them with some smart things. I'm not so sure what comes out of my mouth is always so smart and clever. Well, one thing I've come to know about you, Joyce, in the time I've met you, not just today, but earlier, is you're very humble and modest. And I have to say that's an attribute I think I really admire most among people because you have done so much for the world, you and Bill, through the foundation, through this recognition that you can make your mark on the world. So I thank you for that. I, I thank you for joining us. It's been just a delight to know a little bit more about your trajectory through life uh, to get where you are today and for joining us for the McLean Middleton Minutes, What's Her Story? It's been my pleasure. It's been nice to get to know you a little bit better, Linda, and to meet Jennifer. Thank you, Joyce. You can learn more about the Cummings Foundation by visiting www.cummingsfoundation.org. And for information regarding Cummings properties, visit www.cummings.com. Thank you for listening to McLean Middleton Minutes, a production of the McLean Middleton Law Firm. We invite you to share this podcast with your colleagues and friends. Check back soon for additional episodes.